Father, it is good to give you praise, and we do come with thankful hearts this morning, knowing that you are our good Father, who has given us all good things, and we give back to you out of thankfulness and gratefulness as cheerful people. We pray now that you would bless what is given and use it according to your will to accomplish all of your purposes. And Lord, make us continue to grow as a generous people with all that you've entrusted to us our very lives themselves, being willing to give them away as unto you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please have a seat. We typically uh, sit on longer passages, and I will go ahead and tell you this is the longest passage I have ever read or preached from today. Please don't leave. As you're turning to Jeremiah chapter 50... Listen to God's word from Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. With that in mind, let's read now God's word in Jeremiah chapter 50. 50. The word that the Lord spoke concerning Babylon, concerning the land of the Chaldeans by Jeremiah the prophet. Declare among the nations and proclaim, set up a banner and proclaim, conceal it not, and say, Babylon is taken, Bel is put to shame, Merodach is dismayed, her images are put to shame, her idols are dismayed. For out of the north a nation has come up against her, which shall make her land a desolation, and none shall dwell in it. Both man and beast shall flee away. In those days and in that time, declares the Lord, the people of Israel and the people of Judah shall come together, weeping as they come, and they shall seek the Lord their God. They shall ask the way to Zion with faces turned toward it, saying, Come, let us join ourselves to the Lord in an everlasting covenant that will never be forgotten." My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray, turning them away on the mountains. From mountain to hill they have gone. They have forgotten their fold. All who found them have devoured them, and their enemies have said, We are not guilty, for they have sinned against the Lord, their habitation of righteousness, the Lord, the hope of their fathers. Flee from the midst of Babylon and go out of the land of the Chaldeans and be as male goats before the flock. For behold, I am stirring up and bringing against Babylon a gathering of great nations from the north country, and they shall array themselves against her, for there she shall be taken. Their arrows are like a skilled warrior who does not return empty-handed. Chaldea shall be plundered. All who plunder her shall be sated, declares the Lord. Though you rejoice, though you exult, O plunderers of my heritage, though you frolic like a heifer in the pasture and neigh like stallions, Your mother shall be utterly shamed, and she who bore you shall be disgraced. Behold, she shall be the last of the nations, a wilderness, a dry land, and a desert. Because of the wrath of the Lord, she shall not be inhabited, but shall be in utter desolation. Everyone who passes by Babylon shall be appalled and hiss because of all her wounds." Set yourselves in array against Babylon all around. All you who bend the bow, shoot at her, spare no arrows, for she has sinned against the Lord. Raise a shout against her all around. She has surrendered. Her bulwarks have fallen. Her walls are thrown down, for this is the vengeance of the Lord. 
Take vengeance on her, do to her as she has done. Cut off from Babylon the sower and the one who handles the sickle in time of harvest. Because of the sword of the oppressor, every one shall turn to his own people and every one shall flee to his own land. Israel is a hunted sheep driven away by lions. First the king of Assyria devoured him and now at last Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has gnawed his bones. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing punishment on the king of Babylon and his land as I punish the king of Assyria. I will restore Israel to his pasture, and he shall feed on Carmel and in Bashan, and his desire shall be satisfied on the hills of Ephraim and in Gilead. In those days and at that time, declares the Lord, iniquity shall be sought in Israel, and there shall be none. And sin in Judah, and none shall be found. For I will pardon those whom I leave as a remnant. Go up against the land of Marathiam, and against the inhabitants of Pekod. Kill and devote them to destruction, declares the Lord, and do all that I have commanded you. The noise of battle is in the land, and great destruction. How the hammer of the whole earth is cut down and broken. How Babylon has become a horror among the nations. I set a snare for you and you were taken, O Babylon, and you did not know it. You were found and caught because you opposed the Lord. The Lord has opened his armory and brought out the weapons of his wrath. For the Lord God of hosts has a work to do in the land of the Chaldeans. Come against her from every quarter, open her granaries, pile her up like heaps of grain and devote her to destruction. Let nothing be left of her. Kill all her bulls, let them go down to the slaughter. Woe to them, for their day has come, the time of their punishment. A voice, they flee and escape from the land of Babylon to declare in Zion the vengeance of the Lord our God, vengeance for his temple. Summon archers against Babylon, all those who bend the bow. Encamp around her, let no one escape. Repay her according to her deeds. Do to her according to all that she has done, for she has proudly defied the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, her young men shall fall in her squares, and all her soldiers shall be destroyed on that day, declares the Lord. Behold, I am against you, O proud one, declares the Lord God of hosts, for your day has come, the time when I will punish you. The proud one shall stumble and fall with none to raise him up, and I will kindle a fire in his cities, and it will devour all that is around him. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the people of Israel are oppressed, and the people of Judah with them. All who took them captive have held them fast. They refuse to let them go. Their Redeemer is strong. The Lord of hosts is his name. He will surely plead their cause, that he may give rest to the earth, but unrest to the inhabitants of Babylon. A sword against the Chaldeans, declares the Lord, and against the inhabitants of Babylon, and against her officials and her wise men. A sword against the diviners, that they may become fools. A sword against her warriors, that they may be destroyed. A sword against her horses, and against her chariots, and against all the foreign troops in her midst, that they may become women. A sword against all her treasures, that they may be plundered. A drought against her waters, that they may be dried up. For it is a land of images, and they are mad over idols. Therefore, wild beasts shall devour with hyenas in Babylon, and ostriches shall dwell in her. She shall never again have people, nor be inhabited for all generations. 
As when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring cities, declares the Lord, so no man shall dwell there and no son of man shall sojourn in her. Behold, a people comes from the north, a mighty nation, and many kings are stirring from the farthest parts of the earth. They lay hold of the bow and spear. They are cruel and have no mercy. The sound of them is like the roaring of the sea. They ride on horses, arrayed as a man for battle against you, O daughter of Babylon. The king of Babylon heard the report of them, and his hands fell helpless. Anguish seized him, pain as of a woman in labor. Behold, like a lion coming up from the thicket of the Jordan against a perennial pasture, I will suddenly make them run away from her, and I will appoint over her whomever I choose. For who is like me? Who will summon me? What shepherd can stand before me? Therefore, hear the plan that the Lord has made against Babylon and against the purposes that he has formed against the land of the Chaldeans. Surely, the little ones of their flock shall be dragged away. Surely, their folds shall be appalled at their fate. At the sound of the capture of Babylon, the earth shall tremble and her cry shall be heard among the nations. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will stir up the spirit of a destroyer against Babylon, against the inhabitants of leb And I will send to Babylon winnowers, and they shall winnow her, and they shall empty her land when they come against her from every side on the day of trouble. Let not not the archer bend his bow, and let him not stand up in his armor. Spare not her young men. Devote to destruction all her army. They shall fall down slain in the land of the Chaldeans and wounded in her streets. For Israel and Judah have not been forsaken by their God, the Lord of hosts, But the land of the Chaldeans is full of guilt against the Holy One of Israel. Flee from the midst of Babylon. Let everyone save his life. Be not cut off in her punishment, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance, the repayment he is rendering to her. Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand, making all the earth drunken. The nations drank of her wine, therefore the nations went mad. Suddenly Babylon has fallen and been broken. Wail for her. Take balm for her pain. Perhaps she may be healed. We would have healed Babylon, but she was not healed. Forsake her and let us go each to his own country. For her judgment has reached up to heaven and has been lifted up even to the skies. The Lord has brought about our vindication. Come, let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. Sharpen the arrows, take up the shields. The Lord has stirred up the spirit of the kings of the Medes because his purpose concerning Babylon is to destroy it. For that is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance for his temple. Set up a standard against the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up watchmen. Prepare the ambushes. For the Lord has both planned and done what he spoke concerning the inhabitants of Babylon. O you who dwell by many waters, rich in treasures, your end has come, the threat of your life is cut. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, surely I will fill you with men as many as locusts, and they shall raise the shout of victory over you. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding stretched out the heavens." When he utters his voice, there is tumult of waters in the heavens, and he makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and he brings forth the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his images are false, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of delusion. At the time of their punishment, they shall perish." 
not like these, is he who is the portion of Jacob. For he is the one who formed all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. You are my hammer and weapon of war. With you I break nations in pieces. With you I destroy kingdoms. With you I break in pieces the horse and his rider. With you I break in pieces the chariot and the charioteer. With you I break in pieces man and woman. With you I break in pieces the old man and the youth. With you I break in pieces the young man and the young woman. With you I break in pieces the shepherd and his flock. With you I break in pieces the farmer and his team. With you I break in pieces governors and commanders. I will repay Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea before your very eyes for all the evil they have done in Zion, declares the Lord. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain, declares the Lord, which destroys the whole earth. I will stretch out my hand against you and roll you down from the crags and make you a burnt mountain. No stone shall be taken from you for a corner and no stone for a foundation, for you shall be a perpetual waste, declares the Lord. Set up a standard on the earth. Blow the trumpet among the nations. Prepare the nations for war against her. Summon against her the kingdoms of Ararat, Mini, and Ashkenaz. Appoint a marshal against her. Bring up horses like bristling locusts. Prepare the nations for war against her. The king of the Medes, with their governors and deputies and every land under their dominion. The land trembles and writhes in pain. For the Lord's purposes against Babylon stand to make the land of Babylon a desolation without inhabitant. The warriors of Babylon have ceased fighting. They remain in their strongholds. Their strength has failed. They have become women. Her dwellings are on fire. Her bars are broken. One runner runs to meet another and one messenger to meet another to tell the king of Babylon that his city is taken on every side. The fords have been seized, the marshes are burned with fire, and the soldiers are in panic. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, The daughter of Babylon is like a threshing floor at the time when it is trodden, yet a little while, and the time of her harvest will come. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has devoured me. He has crushed me. He has made me an empty vessel. He has swallowed me like a monster. He has filled his stomach with my delicacies. He has rinsed me out. The violence done to me and to my kinsmen be upon Babylon, let the inhabitant of Zion say. My blood be upon the inhabitants of Chaldea, let Jerusalem say. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will plead your cause and will take vengeance for you. I will dry up her sea and make her fountain dry. And Babylon shall become a heap of ruins, the haunt of jackals, a horror and a hissing without inhabitant. They shall roar together like lions. They shall growl like lions' cubs. While they are inflamed, I will prepare them a feast and make them drunk, that they may become merry, then sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, declares the Lord. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, like rams and male goats. How Babylon is taken, the praise of the whole earth seized. How Babylon has become a horror among the nations. The sea has come up on Babylon. She is covered with its tumultuous waves. Her cities have become horror and a land of drought and a desert, a land in which no one dwells and through which no son of man passes. And I will punish Bel in Babylon and take out of his mouth what he has swallowed. The nations shall no longer flow to him. The wall of Babylon has fallen. 
Go out of the midst of her, my people. Let everyone save his life from the fierce anger of the Lord. Let not your heart faint, and be not fearful at the report heard in the land. When a report comes in one year, and afterward a report in another year, and violence is in the land, and ruler is against ruler. Therefore, behold, the days are coming when I will punish the images of Babylon. Her whole land shall be put to shame, and all her slain shall fall in the midst of her. Then the heavens and the earth and all that is in them shall sing for joy over Babylon, for the destroyers shall come against them out of the north, declares the Lord. Babylon must fall for the slain of Israel, just as for Babylon have fallen the slain of all the earth. You who have escaped from the sword, go, do not stand still. Remember the Lord from far away and let Jerusalem come into your mind. We are put to shame. For we have heard reproach, dishonor covers our, has covered our face, for foreigners have come into the holy places of the Lord's house. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will execute judgment upon her images, and through all her land the wounded shall groan. Though Babylon should mount up to heaven, and though she should fortify her strong height, yet destroyers would come from me against her, declares the Lord. A voice, cry from Babylon, the noise of great destruction from the land of the Chaldeans. For the Lord is laying Babylon waste and stilling her mighty voice. Their waves roar like many waters. The noise of their voice is raised. For a destroyer has come upon her, upon Babylon. Her warriors are taken. Their bows are broken in pieces. For the Lord is a God of recompense. He will surely repay. I will make drunk her officials and her wise men, her governors, her commanders, and her warriors. They shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, The broad wall of Babylon shall be leveled to the ground, and her high gates shall be burned with fire. The peoples labor for nothing, and the nations weary themselves only for fire. The word that Jeremiah the prophet commanded, Sariah the son of Neriah, son of Masiah, when he went with Zedekiah, king of Judah, to Babylon in the fourth year of his reign. Sariah was the quartermaster. Jeremiah wrote in a book all the disaster that should come upon Babylon, all these words that are written concerning Babylon. And Jeremiah, Jeremiah said to Sariah, When you come to Babylon, see that you read all these words and say, O Lord, you have said concerning this place that you will cut it off so that nothing shall dwell in it, neither man nor beast, and it shall be desolate forever. When you finish reading this book, tie a stone to it and cast it in the midst of the Euphrates and say, Thus shall Babylon sink to rise no more because of the disaster that I am bringing upon her, and they shall become exhausted. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. This is God's word to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that we would be renewed by it and refreshed by it today. Only your spirit can do this for us, and so we pray that you would work by your spirit in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the last and final message to the nations, and as you notice, the longest of the messages to the nations, appropriately so for at least two reasons. Babylon, the most obvious, you can't help but read this and see the message of judgment. Babylon must be judged. Babylon must be held to account for her sins. She had oppressed Judah by subjugating her in capture. This wasn't the only offense. God had superintended this sin of Babylon to accomplish his purposes of disciplining Judah. Yet, 
they were responsible for their choices and actions. Many other aspects in this indictment, including idolatry, pride, the mistreatment of other people, yet it was ultimately that they defied the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, for which they are judged. A second reason this message is the last and the longest is what, because of what Babylon represents in history. From the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 to the fall of Babylon in Revelation 18, this nation, although literal and literally being addressed here, also serves symbolically of all who rebel against the Lord. We call it the spirit of the age. We talked about this when we went through the book of Revelation. It is present in every culture and every point in history. This is what Babylon represents. Consider Babylon, eight, or Babylon 18, Revelation 18 that speaks of Babylon. In Revelation 18, we see the following ideas. That one, Babylon is always great in her own eyes. She is often mighty in earthly terms, Revelation 18.10. Yet she is always filled with and comes to be identified with all kinds of immorality. Verse 3. She loves power and luxury and extravagance, yet cares nothing for the oppressed and those who suffer. Verse 7. And sadly, she persecutes God's people, killing the prophets and the saints. Verse 24. All of these things and more are seen both in Revelation 18 and in Jeremiah chapters 50 and 51. And because of both the similarity of content and language, there is clearly intended connection. And this connection helps us see two things. The immediate horizon of fulfillment that we read about here against the country, the nation, the city of Babylon, and its restoration of the people of Judah but also the far-off judgment, the final judgment that is coming against Babylon that we read about in chapter 18 and the restoration that awaits us in the end. And so as we look at this, these two chapters very quickly, very briefly, I want us to keep those two things in mind so that we understand not only what happened in this day, but also draw hope from what awaits us. One additional note, because of the length of this, we're not going to go through verse by verse, as you might guess. I'm going to instead deal with some themes that are here for the sake of time. So, first of all, Babylon. Babylon uh, was a city and a nation. Uh, At this point in history, it was the world power. Geographically, it's found along the Euphrates River in what is modern-day Iraq. It was known as Chaldea before Babylon, and that's why you see the interchangeability of Chaldeans and Babylonians, those terms used synonymously. The father of Nebuchadnezzar, Nabopolassar, was who founded what would become a dynasty in 626 B.C. and ended in 539 B.C. So less than 100 years, this Babylonian dynasty, Nebuchadnezzar was uh, after his father. In 539, that was when the Persians came with the help of the Medes to overthrow Babylon and what we see being addressed in this passage. Now, one of the things that has to be said at the outset is if you know anything of history, you know that what Cyrus and the Medes did to Babylon doesn't in any way match up to what we read here. It doesn't fulfill the ultimate destruction of what is described here. In fact, it was almost a peaceful, some even call it a coup, that he just marched in and there wasn't a lot of warfare. 
Herodotus, a Greek historian, described a holiday dancing party that was going on while the Persian troops were moving in through the defenses. The people were oblivious to it. So the question arises, was Babylon overthrown and judged as Jeremiah prophesied here? Well, yes, it was. But the degree to which we see described in this message points to something more significant than what happened in history. For example, in chapter 50, verses 12 and 13, we read, Behold, she shall be the last of the nations, a wilderness, a dry land, and a desert. Because of the wrath of the Lord, she shall not be inhabited. She shall be in utter desolation. You think of the desert in Iraq, and that seems to go together, but she's inhabited. She's not a desolation forever. There are people there. And what does this sound like but Revelation 18, verse 8? For this reason, her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. So while Babylon is judged by the Persians and the Medes here in 539 B.C., she lost her greatness and power at that time. There is a final destruction that is being hinted at throughout this passage for all that Babylon represents. And so with that understanding, we see in these descriptions in this message in Jeremiah also a future hope that is being expanded on as well. These parts of the message point further down the horizon. Yes, Cyrus did release the, the, the Judeans to return to their land. They were, he restored their property to them. But the unified kingdom, uh, the sinlessness that is described here, that has yet to be realized. So what is being described here both in a future judgment and also a future restoration, keeping in mind Jeremiah 30 to 33, the new covenant that is described there, like these little hidden gems in this passage, we see these forward-looking words of hope that is coming. In Jeremiah 50, uh, chapter 50, verse 5, They shall ask the way to Zion with faces turned toward it, saying, Come, let us join ourselves to the Lord in an everlasting covenant that will never be forgotten. The new covenant. New covenant is further described in chapter 50, verse 20. In those days, often a key phrase for end times, and at that time, declares the Lord, iniquity shall be sought in Israel and there shall be none. And sin in Judah, and none shall be found, for I will pardon those whom I leave as a remnant. Again, new covenant. The global plan of salvation is hinted at in chapter 50, verse 34. Their Redeemer is strong, the Lord of hosts is His name. He will surely plead their cause that He may give rest to the earth, but unrest to the inhabitants of Babylon. Again, we see uh, a peppered throughout this message the command to the people of God to flee Babylon as well, which sounds a lot like Revelation chapter 18, verse 4. Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. The takeaway from this is that God will ultimately judge all sin and eradicate it from earth. That's been the messages that we have seen throughout all of these messages to the nations at the end of, uh, of Jeremiah. And it is a hope that we share in as we live in a world that we see that is wrecked by sin. We long for the eradication of sin. We long for its final judgment. We long for its removal from our lives. So yes, Babylon is judged. They are subdued by this invading army from the north. But there is a greater and fuller judgment coming against all who have proudly defied the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. 
That's found in chapter 50, verse 29. That indictment is really a good summary of these entire two chapters. This is the reason for which Babylon is judged, because they have defied the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. You can't talk about themes in this section without talking about judgment. It's clear. In fact, you don't have to know anything else about the book of Jeremiah to have heard me read these 110 verses this morning and realize that they're about what? Judgment. It's, it's just, just plainly clear this is what the theme, the overriding theme is. It is about judgment. There are many reasons given for the judgment, but it is ultimately that they have defied the Lord. Yes, they've trampled His people. Yes, they destroyed the temple. Yes, they're filled with pride. Yes, they're practicing idolatry, all of which is described here. But it is their defiance against God that lay behind it all. Today, we live in a time in which nations, corporations, and other entities defy the Lord of the universe. This message, while it speaks to a people who lived more than 2,500 years ago, speaks to us today as well. And yet, it speaks even further back in history, more than just 2,500 years ago. In fact, it goes all the way back to the beginning. In chapter 51, verse 53, we read, Though Babylon should mount up to heaven, and though she should fortify her strong height, yet destroyers would come, come from me against her, declares the Lord. This, along with other verses, this is the only verse that makes this reference, is clearly a nod to the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. The Tower of Babel was an attempt to mount up to heaven. And so from Babel, or really we could say from the garden, to today and on into the future until Christ returns, there is this message of final judgment that awaits all who defy the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. That's Jeremiah 50 and 51 in terms of a thematic nutshell. Now, in terms of organization, when we read through it, you may have felt like there was no organization. There was a lot of repetition. Is there any organization? There are six stanzas that are here. Let me point them out briefly. Uh, they're followed by an appendix uh, in, in chapter or verse 59 to the end. But the first stanza is in chapter 50, verses 1 to 20. And it's just this clear announcement of judgment through a nation that would come in from the north for Babylon to be plundered as she has plundered others. Verse 15, For this is the vengeance of the Lord. Take vengeance on her, do to her as she has done. That's the message of stanza 1. The second stanza, verses 21 to 32, brings our attention to the destruction of Babylon, which is occurring not randomly, not, ha- not haphazardly, but according to the rule of the Lord, who says, I set a snare for you, and you were taken, O Babylon, and you did not know it. You were found and caught because you opposed the Lord, verse 24. The third stanza in verses 33 to 46 speaks of Israel's suffering under Babylon's hand and how her Redeemer, that phrase, that that name rather, is, is designed to bring their minds back to Exodus and the story of salvation through that. Her Redeemer is strong. The Lord of hosts is His name. He will surely plead their cause that He may give rest to the earth, but unrest to the inhabitants of Babylon, verse 34. And then the fourth stanza, which is the longest, is in chapter 51, verses 1 to 33. Many of the same terms of judgment and so forth, but it is the covenant faithfulness of God that really rings out in this section. Notice verse 5, For Israel and Judah have not been forsaken by their God, the Lord of hosts. Verse 10, The Lord has brought about our vindication. Come, let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. 
And then at verse 15, it's this doxological piece of the poem that begins with, It is He who made the earth by His power, who established the world by His wisdom and by His understanding, stretched out the heavens, and it continues in this kind of psalm-like praise of God. And then in verse 19, it says, Not like these, referring to Babylon, is He, Israel, who is the portion of Jacob. For He, the Lord, Yahweh, is the one who formed all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. It is the covenant-keeping God who protects and keeps his people. The fifth stanza, verses 34 to 44. This gives a voice to the people who are in exile who claim that Babylon has devoured them like a monster. The Lord makes the promise that Nebuchadnezzar is going to vomit them up. And then he shifts the metaphor of this cup of judgment and describes a banquet that will result in their demise. Verse 39, While they are inflamed, I will prepare them a feast and make them drunk, and they may become merry, that they may become merry, then sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, declares the Lord. That is described in more detail in Daniel chapter 5, where we read, King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded the vessels of gold and silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, and all drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. Every one of you who grew up going to Sunday school knows this story because Daniel provided some of the best and most exciting stories to us as kids if we went to Sunday school and we know how this story unfolds, that it is Daniel who is the only one who can read and interpret what is being written on the wall, which is, guess what? The Persians and the Medes are coming to destroy Babylon, to overthrow Babylon. And the very last verse in that chapter, that very night, Belshazzar the Chaldean king was killed. Darius is put in his place, 62 years old, Daniel, 50, or Daniel chapter 5, verses 30 and 31. The sixth and final stanza, Jeremiah 51, 45 to 58, rings out the words for God's people to come out of Babylon. I've already mentioned uh, verse 45, go out of the midst of her, my people, how it echoes what we see in Revelation 18. We see it also in verse 50, go, do not stand still. Revelation 18, 4 to 5, come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped high as heaven. There's that nod to the Tower of Babel again, and God has remembered her iniquities. Though Babylon should, shall mount up to heaven, God will judge her. There's another correlation, though, that's worth noting in verse 48. Then the heavens and the earth and all that is in them shall sing for joy over Babylon, for the destroyers shall come against them out of the north, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 51, verse 48. When we fast forward to the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, it's in Revelation 19. Immediately after Revelation 18, which describes the fall of Babylon, we begin Revelation 19 with these words that sound very similar to Jeremiah 51:48. After this, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for His judgments are true and just. For He has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of His servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. 
It is impossible to miss the correlation between what is being described here in Revelation 19 and the smoke that is going up forever and ever from Jeremiah 50 and 51. It is utter desolation. It is final judgment. So it is both and. It's just like what we've looked at throughout the, the, the Jeremiah. Two horizons, right? The near and the far off. You get up to the 30,000 foot view. You see further down. Same thing we saw in Revelation. We even saw it in Genesis. It is this idea that God is speaking to the immediate time and addressing the immediate people. But there is a fuller fulfillment that's being spoken of. And because we're on this side of the cross... We have the New Testament. We see it. It's the New Covenant. It's right here, right in front of us. So we can look back. We can see that Babylon was judged, that she was over, her power was conquered. Much of the imagery came to pass, either literally or symbolically. But we should recognize that there is more to come. The spirit of Babylon has existed in every age and is tied to all rebellion against God on earth and in the spiritual realm. That spirit persists even as kingdoms rise and fall. So don't become fixated with what's happening in earthly kingdoms. Know what's happening in the heavenly kingdom. There has to be something of a greater hope here beyond kings being deposed, property being restored, land being given back, and there is. In the line of David, according to promise, a king of all kings came. He came bringing a kingdom that is not of this world, a kingdom that is an everlasting kingdom. He did not come with sword and power, but in meekness, a man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief. He came to suffer and to die by laying down his life to conquer all evil and rebellion that we see described in passages like this. He accomplished and took care of our judgment by becoming the object of that judgment to reconcile us to the Father. Yet that He came in meekness does not mean that He came in weakness. It is only to the eyes of flesh that anyone would see His actions as weak. Jesus came conquering sin and death, overcoming the works of the devil, and securing our future in reigning with Him. Jesus is the Almighty Sovereign God in the flesh, who shows us what true strength looks like. And he will return as the mighty conquering king. And this judgment that is coming is his to execute. And it will fall on all peoples, just as we've seen through all these messages to the nations. None are exempt. None are left out. Without prejudice, all who sin against him will be judged, which is a dreadful thing to hear. Jesus is coming to judge the nations. Except that He first came to be born, to suffer, and die, to take that just judgment upon Himself for His people. For all who put their faith in Him, His body was broken and His blood was spilled to atone for our sins. So now as we come to His table, we come face to face with the judgment. He took it in our place. His body was crushed, it was broken, His blood was spilled, it was poured out to take upon Himself what we deserved. Yet in this meal, we also see what He took for us, the life that He has given to us in the complete atonement and forgiveness of all of our sins. So as we eat, we're reminded, we're strengthened that we might live as a people who are not our own, who've been bought with a price. And that price was the precious blood of Jesus who came as a king who will come one day to judge, 
but now he has mercy on all who trust in him. Let's pray. Father, what a heavy message of judgment this is. Thank you. Thank you that we might see what our sins deserve, this kind of wrath. We can't comprehend the wretchedness of our sin. But Lord, this insight here shows us something of it, which magnifies all the more the mercy that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. For that we thank you, Lord. For the mercy that has been shown to us and that he became sin who knew no sin so that we might become in him the righteousness of God. Lord, for that we're thankful. I pray that if there's anyone here, Lord, who has not come to saving faith, that this would be the day of their salvation, that they would hear the weight of this message of judgment and fall upon the mercy of Christ. And for all who are yours who are here, who hear this message, that they would hear both the warning against treating sin trivially, but also the assurance of the hope of salvation, that just as Judah, even in her discipline, was not widowed by her God, but her faithful covenant-keeping God kept her, protected her, and restored her, and will one day restore completely, bring to fulfillment all that has been promised. Lord, would you give us that hope and assurance this day? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. Behold.